Good morning, everyone. I hope you do, are doing well this morning. Uh, why don't we open our Bibles to First uh, Peter chapter 5. We're going to be spending some time in this chapter together this morning. Um, and while you're turning there, uh, I just want to, I just miss you guys. I just want to explain how much I miss being with you, gathering with you, um, because this is the congregation. just miss you all so much. And uh, this passage was just such a great help to me um, through this week. As I was feeling anxious, I was feeling stressed, um, as I assume that you guys are as well. And so um, why don't we just open our Bibles and start reading, shall we? Starting in verse 1, it says, So I exhort the elders among you, as fellow elders and a witness of sufferings of Christ, as well as partakers in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. This, this portion of Scripture is just talking about that the Lord has put pastors and shepherds over the church to guide them, to counsel them, to equip them to do the good works of Christ. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. And those obviously younger in age, but also immature in their faith. Those who need to be discipled and and grown and, and equipped And then continuing on, then clothe yourselves, all of you, every single one of us with humility towards one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I'll say that again. This is a key portion of the scripture. God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now I title this sermon, Humble Yourself, because you cannot live apart from Christ. And I believe we can draw three points from this passage. First point is the title of the message. Humble yourselves because you cannot live apart from Christ. Second, cast your cares. Third, be on guard and be watchful. And we do all this so that we can keep our eyes on to eternity. So let's break these points down a little bit further. Humble yourselves because you cannot live apart from Christ. In verse six, Peter tells us that we should humble ourselves under the hand of God so that the day of judgment we can be exalted. Now, we can obviously assume the opposite will happen for those who do not submit to God. 
If we call ourselves Christians but don't submit to what God wants for our lives, if we do not submit to the will of the Father, what weight does that hold? My friends, that is some cracked pottery. Which brings us to point number two. Cast your cares. Right now, in your homes or wherever you're at, turn to your neighbor and say, cast your cares. Oh, wait. And as verse seven says, and it tells us that we should cast our anxieties onto the Lord because he cares for you. Now, this verse can literally be translated, all these cares you place upon him because he cares for you. Now, what, what this means is that God doesn't care just for you, but he cares about your cares. And in Psalms 53, 22, it says, cast your burdens onto the Lord and he will sustain you for he will never permit the righteous to be moved. So especially in this time, the Lord knows your heart and he knows every thought that's running through your mind. And you might actually be wondering like right now, in this whole scenario that's going on around the world, Lord, how am I supposed to be financially secure in this time? Is my work going to be stable? Am I going to be able to continue to work? Lord, am, am I enough for my friends, my family? Am I a good enough parent? Am I a good enough student? Why am I still struggling with this addiction that I've been that it keeps, keeps reappearing in my life when I'm in Christ? Why can't I just get anyone to like me? Why don't I have any friends? And uh, I ask this question. My youth students, I often bug them about uh, this question that often appears in their minds. Why doesn't that guy or girl like me back? Another like, will that guy or girl like me back when I get back to school after this is all said and done? Now, I, there are so many more questions, or maybe you might have those similar questions or different ones, but the truth remains the same. How am I supposed to just give this to God? How am I supposed to just cast these to him? I don't know about you, but like, you know that one friend where you like try to like have this like deep discussion with, and you take your burdens to them, and you're, you're trying to walk through this terrible time together, and they reply with, well, buddy, you just got to have more faith. You just got to trust God. Oh, my goodness. The amount of times I've heard that in my life are the same amount of times I want to scream back to them, well, how am I supposed to do that? How do I just give that to God? Well, I believe... In the continuing verses, it tells us, which brings us to point number three, be watchful and on guard. It tells us first to be sober-minded. And that word obviously means to be sober. Don't be drunk because it clouds your judgment. It clouds your thinking. You can't think in a godly way if you're drunk. But also this, this word also means to be calm and collected in spirit. Now, what does that mean? Well, to be calm and collected in spirit, we have to be in the word of God. We can only be calm and collected if we know and believe what God's word says to us. Then it tells us to be watchful. We can be watchful or be alert, as other translations put it, 
by guarding what we put into our hearts. In the same way, if our hearts and minds are like an, a medieval castle and our eyes are our watchtowers, wouldn't you want to put your watchtower on guard? As people would stay there day and night making sure that nothing would come to the, into the castle that would bring destruction, would leave the castle in ruins. I know a lot of you know the story of the Trojan horse, but it's a story when this castle was gifted this magnificent wooden horse without them being aware that there was soldiers inside this magnificent gift. And when they brought it into the castle and they thought it was all safe and when they were celebrating, the soldiers came out and left, left the city in ruins. So many of us are so passive with the things we watch on TV or the things we look at on social media that we should just be ashamed of. Let us as God's people be on guard of what we give our hearts and minds to and we can do this by studying what is of God. Because if we know the heart and mind of God and what he wills for our life, we can know the opposite. We can know the things that are not from God. So to be calm and collected in spirit and to be on guard and watchful, we must be in our Bibles. Dr. Hendricks was a professor at the Dallas Theological Seminary, and he has this quote, Dusty Bibles always lead to dirty lives. In fact, you are either in the Word of God, and the Word of God is conforming you to the image of Christ, or you are in the world, and the world is squeezing you into its mold. Maybe a few of us have even experienced this. But oh, what a great opportunity that this destructive virus has given God's people. To draw away from the chaos of life, to draw away from our packed schedules and our packed calendars, where we have not even a few moments to squeeze out of our day, to dwell in God's word and in prayer with him. That now we can draw away, step back from it all, to be with our creator. This week, I just had to delete my social media accounts. Had to be on guard. What it was doing, it was filling up my time, obviously, with time that I could be spending in the word. But it was also adding to my anxiety. Now, why would I already add this anxiety onto my life if I'm already in an anxious time? I felt like that was counterproductive. So I didn't delete my accounts because I, I like social media. I like using it. I like connecting with people. But it was adding to my, to my anxiety, the time that I was spending in it. So to be with our God and to dwell on his word, to be with him in prayer, to cast our anxieties and worries on him while we are barricaded in our homes. This is why it's important to be sober-minded and watchful. And then he continues in that verse, because the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Now, if we give ourselves to sin or allow ourselves to give ourselves to something that isn't necessarily sin, but it definitely isn't glorifying to God, It's like putting like a giant 
necklace of tenderloins around our neck and running through the Sahara Desert or the safari. Safari. Lions are from the safari. It's like putting on this giant necklace of meat and running around and just hoping that a lion won't do it. And maybe you might put on one necklace and you walk around for a few days and you're like, well, nothing's happened yet. And then next day passes, like, oh, maybe I can dabble just a little more. And the next day follows. But we all know that the lion will soon be approaching. In the same way, we're told to resist that temptation. To resist Satan. And my friends, we cannot resist the enemy if we are apart from Christ. If we're, if we're set apart from Christ, we cannot. We cannot resist the temptation of our earthly nature if it is not for the spirit that is working in us. And I know I can't do it, and I sure know that you can't do it. Why? Because we've been born into a world of sin. We have been given in a sinful nature from the beginning of our birth. Because if I do not have the Spirit in me, I will always choose sin over Christ. And sometimes, even like this virus, we're affected by the sin that we don't even partake in. And so in that same verse, we're told to resist him firmly. In your faith, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Although the audience of this letter was facing a very different kind of suffering, we can apply, we can apply this to us today. As brothers and sisters in Christ, all around the world, we're facing the same suffering. We're, say, we're facing the same trial And thus, and them and us are both experiencing this consequence of sin. But oh, what a gift, what a great gift the church is to each and every one of us. That we can walk through this suffering with fellow believers. What a gift that you, right now, can be a part of this church to partake in this worship gathering. As we're on Facebook and YouTube and and our website We can communicate with each other and encourage one another. We have FaceTime. We have Skype. We have Zoom where we can see each other face to face over a cell phone. This is truly a great gift that the church has been given. Let us utilize it because we are far greatly more connected to each other than the first century church was. Then continuing, continuing in verse 10 and 11, And after you suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you to be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. What he's saying here is that we will feel the consequences of sin here on earth. We will be in suffering. Some of us maybe constantly, maybe some of us frequently, maybe some of us only for a few short moments. But then he reminds us that this is not our home. That one day all suffering and anguish will be gone when we behold the face of Christ. Now this is all made possible through 
his death and resurrection on the cross. So when we put faith in who Jesus was and we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and he died and rose again as the perfect atonement for our sins to pay the debt that we could not pay, this is how we are made just in the eyes of God. So that we humble ourselves because we cannot live apart from Christ. We cast our cares onto him. We be on guard and be watchful so that we can keep our eyes on to eternity. I challenge you this week. When you're feeling anxious, discouraged, depressed, worried, or anything else, I want you to ask yourselves this a question that's on your heart, that's been burdening your heart through prayer. Lord, why should I not be worried? Give that to God. Cast that onto him. And then I want you to try to give a theological answer or a biblical explanation to what your question was. Get in the Bible. Even Google it. There's literally thousands of resources around you at your fingertips. So for an example, Lord, why should I not be worried? Well, because, Lord, you are sovereign. And this virus did not take you by surprise. I should not be worried because what, am I going, what I'm going through will only be for a short time. And even if I don't see victory now, if I don't see victory tomorrow, Lord, I will be with you soon in heaven. I will see you face to face for all of eternity. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this great gift that you've given us. The free gift of grace. Because it is by grace, through faith, that we are saved. And Lord, there's nothing we could do for it. Lord, we don't deserve this. Lord, the only thing we deserve is death and condemnation. But Lord, you took it. You took it for us. You paid that debt that we can never pay. And Lord, be with us, be with us in this time. Be with us as while we suffer, we can still behold your face in eternity. Lord, we thank you for this church. We thank you for fellow believers all across the world that we can connect with, that we can be encouraged by, and we can encourage them through your word. Heavenly Father, we pray this in your son's name. Amen.